Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to the Opsens fourth quarter fiscal year 2021 financial results. All participants will be in listen-only mode. Should you need assistance, please signal a conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. After today's presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your touchtone phone. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. Please note, this event is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Robert Bloom with Listen Partners. Please go ahead. All right, thank you very much, and thank you all for joining us today for the OpSense fourth quarter and fiscal year 2021 conference call. With us on the call representing the company today are Mr. Louis Laflemme, OpSense President and Chief Executive Officer, and Robin Villeneuve, OpSense's Chief Financial Officer. At the conclusion of today's prepared remarks, we will open the call for a question and answer session. Before we begin with prepared remarks, just a couple of comments. Today's call will contain forward-looking statements that are based on current assumptions and subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected, and the company undertakes no obligation to update these statements except as required by law. Information uh, about these results and uncertainties are included in the company's filings, as well as periodic filings with regulators in Canada and the United States, which can be found on CDAR and the OpSense website. Today's discussion will include adjusted financial measures, which are non-IFRS measures. These should be considered as a supplement to and not a substitute for IFRS financial measures. Finally, today's event is being recorded and will be available for replay through both the webcast and conference call dial-in information provided in the press release. With that said, let me turn the call over to Louis Laflamme, President and Chief Executive Officer for OpSense. Louis, please proceed. Thank you, Robert, and good morning to all of you. We are excited to speak with you today for our fourth quarter and fiscal year 2021 conference call. Let me also take a minute to greet the French-speaking audience. Bonjour et bienvenue à notre conférence téléphonique pour le quatrième trimestre et l'exercice 2021. Merci beaucoup de vous être joints à nous aujourd'hui. Let's move into the highlights. From a revenue standpoint, I'm pleased with the operating results for the fiscal year 2021 as we we reported double-digit top-line growth across the board, highlighted by record annual revenues of $34.5 million, an increase of 17% compared to last year. The growth in revenues was led by our optowire product for coronary artery disease, with sales of $22.9 million, up 22% from last year. This was a record year for the Optowire sales, highlighted by strong growth in the U.S., where Optowire sales grew 42%. percent 
During the fourth quarter, revenue was $8.1 million, an increase of 7% compared to the fourth quarter a year ago. However, below peak sales, we delivered in the second and third quarters 2021. I will expand upon some of the, the drivers on this in a moment. However, our indications show that this was pandemic-related due to the third wave and supply chain challenges. We believe normal quarterly revenue growth will come back during fiscal year 2022. Transitioning to our pipeline, we made tremendous progress on our TAVR development program, moving us increasingly closer to our goal to commercialize the industry's first ever pressure guide wire designed to both deliver a valvular prosthesis while allowing for continuous hemodynamic pressure measurement during a TAVR procedure, a significant competitive advantage for our savvy wire. Importantly, a key milestone was achieved this week with the successful completion of our first-in-man study with the savvy wire. I will expand upon this as well as our upcoming expectations and milestones further in a moment. But simply put, we are now closer than ever to entering the massive TAVR market, currently estimated at $5 billion and expected to reach $8 billion by 2025, with what we believe is one of the industry's most innovative products that will drive future revenue for OPSIS. I think it's important to remind everyone that OPSIS is in the best financial position in the history of the company from a balance sheet perspective. We have the financial flexibility to strategically execute our growth strategy. At the end of August 2021, OPSIS had more than $38 million in cash on the balance sheet. So, with that as a high-level overview, let's jump into more specifics. Let us start with the optowire. Sales within our coronary artery disease business, or what we refer to as FFR-NDPR, were $22.9 million during the year, a 22% increase, and, and 5.3 million during the fourth quarter, a 9% increase, as I mentioned a moment ago. We see continued solid adoption in the US with sales increasing 42% for the year and up 25% for the quarter. These results were achieved despite a slightly negative impact from the third wave or Delta variant wave that came through the US as hospitals slowed down once again during the June to August period. The summer months are traditionally slower in the cat lab in the US. So in combination with the COVID-related case uh, volume decrease, we are encouraged by the progress we made in the quarter. For the year, our concentrated efforts to expand and enhance our market share in the U.S. by adding new customers 
while capitalizing on the recent signing of two significant GPO contracts have been critical. Working with hospital systems and GPOs has been a key initiative, and we are excited with the progress made to drive market acceptance in the U.S. As a reminder, we signed our first U.S. GPO agreement in October 2020, providing access to the Optowater to all their members across the U.S. In April 2021, we signed our second major GPO agreement with Vision, Vision, one of the country's largest GPOs, to provide our Optowater tree to over 700 cat labs. As a result of signing these two GPO agreements, Opsons products are now an option for more than half of all U.S. cat labs. While still a relatively small amount, unit sales to GPOs uh, grew 19% during Q4 2021 compared to Q2 2021 when we started with GPOs uh, with new accounts getting added each quarter due to the GPO's contract. We see this as a positive sign to the long-term potential these agreements can bring to us. Overall, we are confident that the work we have done during fiscal year 2021 positioned us well to, be, to begin to build back the organization that will accelerate revenues and create the foundation for a successful Savvy Warrior product launch targeted for fiscal year 2023. Outside the U.S., sales performance was solid, with annual sales in EMEA up 21%, Canada was up 18%, and Japan was up 12%. Sales for the fourth quarter on a yearly comparable basis, EMEA was down 6%, Canada was up 22%, while Japan was up over 100% compared to the year-ago period. However, similar to the U.S. market, we saw sequential impacts during the fourth quarter in Japan and EMEA due to the resurgence of COVID and other normal seasonality uh, as procedural numbers were down significantly during the June through August timeframe. We are pleased those numbers seem to be rather normalized again in Q1 2022. As we touch a bit on last call, we achieved regulatory approvals for the Optowire tree, which should continue to be a key growth driver and improve gross margins due to manufacturing efficiencies going forward. We have talked about it in the past that Optowire tree new design is even more user-friendly, which we believe may increase its adoption with physicians and expand the assessment of cardiovascular artery disease using FFR and DPR, which has the ability to result in better diagnosis and treatment for more patients. During the year, we also announced the signing of an agreement 
with CAT Medical Cardiovascular for the integration of our coronary physiology algorithms into their Picasso system, a next-generation hemodynamic system. The integration system will initially focus on the Spanish cardiology market, where the Picasso has a dominant market share. This partnership agreement allows international cardiologists using this system to benefit from full integration into the, the CAT lab and to offer superior diagnosis and treatment to their patients. We believe their integration brings together the best of both worlds, hemodynamic system and physiology guide wires, merging functionalities that will improve physician workflow, ease their decision-making process, and may lead to better patient outcomes. We are excited to see how this partnership develops. Transitioning to our business partnerships for a moment, where several companies are integrating options sensors into their products used in medical applications, including Abiamed's integration of our pressure sensing technology into their Impella pump. Sales to OEMs were $8.1 million in fiscal 2021, compared to $8.3 million in fiscal 2020. For the quarter, it was $2 million compared to $2.3 million in the fourth quarter a year ago. For the quarter and fiscal year 2021, we saw some customers increasing mix of sensors versus signal conditioners. While this had negative effect on short-term revenues, its positioning OEM revenues for growth in fiscal year 2022 and after. Overall, when you include our coronary artery disease business, plus the contribution from medical partnerships, our medical segment sales were up 15% to $31 million during the fiscal year 2021 and up 4% to $7.3 million for the fourth quarter. Let us now discuss the performance of our industrial segment. For the year, this segment saw very nice performance with revenue up 36% to 3.4 million. For the quarter, it was approximately 700,000, up 30%. As a reminder, our industrial segment leveraged our optical technology and knowledge through our only owned subsidiary called Option Solution, offering key solutions in optical, temperature, pressure, strain, and other critical parameters for various industries, including aerospace, nuclear, and power electronics. I have repeatedly stated that I want to keep the near-term expectations guarded. However, looking ahead, the long-term opportunity in this segment continues to get more attractive as we are working on a number of potentially significant projects where absence proprietary sensing components could be integrated into these critical projects. This includes the International 
Eureka Network Program, which is aiming to support development by Austin and its partner, an optical fuel monitoring system for aerospace applications based on Austin's solution patented fiber optic technology. This innovative system is intended for use in commercial aircraft, among others, and is designed to be safer, lighter, and to reduce contaminant emissions. The other key project is the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor, or ITER, project. ITER is the world's largest nuclear fusion and scientific experiment project with 35 nations currently under construction in southern France. As a reminder, Absence was selected to supply our customer with fiber optic absolute and differential pressure sensor that will provide critical information for accurate monitoring of their cryogenic valve boxes. In total, it is anticipated that there will be a large number of sensors at different levels of the ITER project for which absence sensing technology would be applicable for this important project. The team at Absence Solution continues to do a great job, and I look forward to the continued leveraging of our optical technology to a wide variety of commercial applications. With that overview on our commercial base operation, let's jump into our lead development program for TAVR. As I mentioned earlier in the call, we are leveraging our proprietary optical technology for the benefit of the multi-billion dollar transcatheter replacement of the aortic valve or TAVR market. Our TAVR guide wire allows for a single wire to diagnose and deliver the valve, potentially reducing complications saving time and cost. It would be the industry's first guide wire that can deliver the valve and allow for continuous pressure measurement. Again, there are no other guide wires in the market that can do both of these functions, which we believe will provide us with a significant competitive advantage in gaining market adoption of our savvy wire. As I mentioned at the outset, we are extremely pleased to have completed our first in-man study. The study was conducted on 20 patients in two world-renowned structural art institutions, led by Dr. Joseph Rodez Cabot at the Quebec Art and Lung Institute in Quebec City, and Dr. Rida Ibrahim at the Montreal Art Institute in Montreal as primary investigators. Sincerely, we would like to thank the entire team of those hospitals that have been key contributors to rapid completion of the study and allowed options to better appreciate all benefits related to the Savvy Wire concept. Option Savvy Wire, while it's not approved for commercialization, was featured in four presentations by leading medical specialists 
during the transcatheter cardiovascular therapeutics 2021 annual meeting held from November 4 to November 6 in Orlando, Florida. First, Dr. Philippe Genereux, interventional cardiologist, world-renowned for his innovative research and director of the Structural Art Program at Morristown Medical Center in New Jersey, led a panel of Kipinen leaders to discuss the future of TAVR hemodynamics brought on by Opsons Savvy Warrior. The discussion focused on current unmet needs in the field of structural art interventions, especially related to the need for more efficient, safe, and optimal way to assess procedural results during TAVR and the unique solution the Opsons Savvy Warrior provides for this important medical procedure. The symposium featured international physician experts, including Dr. Thomas Modin from CHU Bordeaux, France, Dr. Emma Giada from UPMC Pinnacle, Pennsylvania, US, and Dr. Reda Ibrahim from Montreal Art Institute in Canada. Next, Dr. Genero presented for the first time clinical data validating the robustness of the Opsons Savvy Water algorithm in assessing pressure gradient before and after TAVR procedure compared to different diagnostic modalities during two presentations, one titled A Validation Study of the Opsons Left Ventricle Pressure Gatwire, and a second title, Evaluation of the Opsons Optowire Tree and its novel TAVR algorithm to measure pressure gradient before and after TAVR compared with hemodynamic value derived by catheterization and echocardiogram. Additionally, Dr. Joseph Rodez-Cabo, cardiologist and hemodynamics specialist at Quebec Art and Lung Institute in Canada, joined Dr. Genereux and other key opinion leader physicians to discuss innovation trends in TAVR technologies. Dr. Rodez Cabot reported on his experience with Opsin Savvy Water as one of the lead investigators conducting our human study. We are extremely pleased that Opsin was prominently featured at this year's TCT annual meeting by an esteemed group of physicians as they presented their findings on the potential benefits of our technology for the tower market. This is, a test, this is a testament to the hard work and dedication of our team and, appreciate, and I appreciate their efforts. Again, the Savvy Warrior will be a 510K submission. In addition to completing the appropriate regulatory steps, we are also preparing to ramp up commercial production of the Savvy Warrior that will enable, enable us to hit the ground running next year. We are extremely excited about the progress we have made and the potential opportunity our TAVR GuideWire can bring to the market for improved patient outcomes. We remain on track to commercially launch our Savvy Wire 
and calendar year 2022, and believe this has the ability to be a significant growth driver for the company for years to come. I look forward to sharing more with you in the coming months as we move closer to commercialization. Before I turn it over to Robin for a more detailed review of the financial, let me quickly summarize. Fiscal 2021 was a good year for Austin as we reported record, record revenues led by our optowire product for coronary artery disease. These record revenues were achieved in the face of continued headwinds throughout, throughout parts of the year as pandemic slowed down the number of procedures conducted at certain hospitals around the world. This gave us confidence for another record year in 2022. We completed our in-man study for TAVR and remain on track to commercialize this disruptive new technology in calendar year 2022. We have a number of large potential projects in the pipeline of our option solution segment that could significantly drive growth in the future. And we have a strong balance sheet that is allowing us to deploy resources to accelerate sales and marketing activities while increasing R&D investment to further capitalize on, on business opportunities ahead of us. We believe Opsent is in a unique position to create value going forward through accelerated revenue growth and the release of disruptive new products that can meet unmet needs for the best interest of physicians and patients. This is an exciting time for all of us at Austin. As always, I want to thank all our employees for their hard work and dedication as we truly have accomplished a number of very important milestones and developments. There continues to be a lot of work ahead of us, but I am confident we are up to the challenge. Let me now turn the, turn the call over to Robin for a further review of the financial results. Robin? Thank you, Louis, and thanks to everyone joining us on the call. As we hit on a few of these items, I will try to add some additional details where I can. The company reported record annual sales of $34.5 million in fiscal 2021, compared to $29.5 million in fiscal 2020. This was broken down as $22.9 million in our coronary artery disease line of business, or SFR-DPR, $8.1 million in our optical medical systems, which is mainly our agreement with Abiomed for integration of our pressure sensor into their antenna pump, and $3.4 million in our industrial or absence solution segment. For the fourth quarter of fiscal 2021, revenue was $8.1 million compared to $7.6 million. This was broken down as $5.3 million in our coronary artery disease line of business, $2 million in our optical medical systems, and $700,000 in our industrial segment. 
As we stated a year ago, quarterly revenues were certainly impacted by procedures slowdown due to the ongoing pandemic. While we were back to more normalized levels throughout much of our fiscal 2021, we did see an impact again during the fourth quarter as the Delta variant or third wave rolled too. We are once again seeing procedures increase here in the first quarter. On an annual basis, we did see growth in all four of our key markets, including the US, EMEA, Japan, and of course, Canada. Our absence solutions business continues to see an increase of orders, particularly from the nuclear segment. Our OEM revenues should maintain constant growth. I mentioned this last quarter, but one important item to note, the company's revenues are generated in US dollars, Canadian dollars, euros, and British pounds. Fluctuation in the exchange rate affect revenues. For the three-month period ended August 31st, 2021, revenues were negatively affected by about $450,000 compared to the same period last year. In contrast, sales were positively impacted by $10,000 for the three-month period ended August 31st, 2020. When you look at gross margins, they were up 100 basis points for the year to 54% compared to 52. But for the quarter, they were flat at 50%. We continue to believe we will see year-over-year increase in gross margin percentage due to higher sales volume and the related economies of scale combined with enhanced productivity and by lower cost of goods sold for up to war three compared to up to war two. From an operating expenses standpoint, as planned, overall operating expenses increased by $1.5 million during the fourth quarter of fiscal 2021 compared to the fourth quarter of fiscal 2020. The increase is largely explained by our investments in sales and marketing as we are ramping up our sales efforts to continue growing market share in the U.S., along with increases in our general and administrative costs pertaining to higher headcount and professional fees. As we explained, we are making additional investments in sales and marketing and research and development over the coming quarters to capitalize on the opportunities we have to accelerate growth of OptoWire and development of our savvy wire. For the year, operating expenses were relatively flat as the first half of 2021 saw a reduction in expenses due to the reduced travel, etc. However, the back half saw the increases I just mentioned. EBITDA, which we define as net income loss plus financial expenses, depreciation of PP&E and right of use assets, amortization of intangible assets, 
and stock-based compensation costs, while the negative 0.7 million in the fourth quarter of 2021, compared to a positive 1.4 million in the fourth quarter of 2020. The decrease in the fourth quarter is mainly due to higher sales and marketing and administrative expenses and a higher amount of CEWS Canadian grant received last year. Looking at net income, we are reporting a net loss of $1.2 million in the fourth quarter of 2021 compared with a net income of $0.6 million in the year ago fourth quarter. The net loss is due to our investments to capitalize on business opportunities with additional spending in sales and marketing, R&D, and others for operating expenses increasing $1.5 million, as I mentioned. We also had a $900,000 Canadian grant last year, which was not recognized in this year's fourth quarter. For the year, net loss was also $1.2 million, compared to a loss of $2.6 million, an improvement of $1.4 million. Finally, on the balance sheet, we ended August with $38.6 million of cash and cash equivalent. Subsequently, to the end of our 2021 fiscal year, in September 2021, the company prepaid the entire balance of the term loan in the amount of $5.8 million, which will provide an annualized savings of approximately $250,000. With that, I will turn the call over to Louis. Thank you, Robin. Thank you to all our investors for their continued interest and support of Opsons. We are working hard every day to capitalize on the opportunities ahead of us to position Opsons for long-term success. Operator, let me know. Let me now turn the call over to any questions. We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star then one on your touchtone phone. If you are using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. Our first question today comes from Raul Sarugasser with Raymond James. Uh, good morning, Louis Robin. Uh, thanks so much for taking my questions. Uh, congratulations on completion of the Traver trial and also congratulations on finishing, finishing 21, uh, 2021 strong. Um, so I just wanted to follow up a little bit more on the Traver trial now that uh, you've completed, uh, completed recruitment. You know, can you give us a little more clarity if possible on when we expect to uh, see data uh, and then assuming that that data is, uh, is positive, strong, safe, uh, you know, what the timelines look like around Health Canada and FDA submissions. Okay, uh, good morning, Raoul. Uh, thanks for your question. Uh, first, uh, we, uh, I want to mention that uh, at the last uh, TCT conference, uh, there, there was a presentation from Dr. Rodais Cabot uh, from uh, IUCPQ where uh, he, he presented uh, one, one patient, one case that was uh, performed during the, the study. 
Regarding the, uh, the results of the study, uh, I mean, for us, uh, and I want to be very clear about this, uh, the study is completed. There was no, uh, let's say, the, in terms of the, uh, the goals, the, the end point of the study, uh, there is no follow-up required. So we are now uh, blitzing to, uh, to, to gather all the data, and, and uh, we should get a final report on the study uh, hopefully uh, somewhere next week. So it means that Opsons is expecting to be able to file for uh, regulatory approval for Canada and U.S. Uh, somewhere uh, next week, which is an advance to uh, what we uh, mentioned in the last uh, call. And, and regarding the, uh, the results uh, of the study, I'm sure there would be uh, different uh, publications uh, down the road by the doctors, this being said, it, it was a, a safety study where uh, the endpoint was about uh, does the, the savvy wire was able to, uh, to deliver the valve in the procedure, uh, does the savvy wire was able to do uh, what we call uh, art stimulation or rapid pacing, and, and does the savvy wire was able to, uh, to show accurate measurement uh, during the procedure. So on, on all those uh, three uh, topics, uh, even if we have not received the, the final report yet, we feel that uh, it, it was uh, very successful. So uh, this, this has been giving uh, an increased uh, confidence to us that, uh, uh, I mean, there would be uh, a place uh, for the saluar in the tavern market. So I don't know if this answered your, your question. I think it absolutely did answer my questions. Uh, congratulations on, on the anticipated results. So, um, assuming you know these line, these timelines continue to be, you, know, you can continue to hit these timelines. We would guesstimate that uh, approvals would likely come through sometime middle of next year. Now, looking forward to a commercial plan, have you have you started to put this together? Given the you know competitive landscape with primarily Medtronic and Boston Scientific being two heavyweight players in the space, um, you know, can you give us any any color in terms of your forward thinking um, on that commercial plan? Well, sure. So uh, f first on the, uh, the approval, uh, obviously there is a, a part of, uh, of, of the timing that is out of our control. So it will be in the hands of uh, Air Canada and the FDA uh, to, uh, to analyze our file and, and to uh, potentially uh, clear us for commercialization. We, uh, we are very confident that uh, we, we've done all the, the proper validation work. So uh, thinking that we should get, uh, uh, you know, end of the summer, uh, the approval uh, in U.S. Is, is certainly a reasonable assumption. We think there is a, a probability to get this earlier uh, for Canada, since the, uh, the Air Canada had the opportunity to review uh, before uh, granting us the, uh, the, the go-ahead for the first and man study. So they had the opportunity to review uh, a good number of our uh, validation uh, testing and, and our uh, validation plan. So uh, once this is, is completed, once we get uh, clearance for uh, commercialization, uh, I mean, right now we are uh, increasing uh, the size of our uh, sales team uh, to be able to, uh, to properly uh, support uh, the launch of the Savvy Water. So we expect to 
uh, double the size of our sales team from uh, what, it, uh, what we are having today. Uh, and, and regarding the, uh, let's say, uh, at higher level in terms of uh, the marketing strategy, uh, we are uh, adding some resources uh, to the team. Uh, we are also in the, having multiple uh, discussions with uh, key opinion leaders in the field to, uh, to make sure that we, uh, we come with uh, the, the proper uh, value proposition, messaging, and we think that, uh, again, we are going after a very significant market opportunity. And the feedback that we are getting right now uh, following the first in-month study, following multiple presentations at TCT, uh, is giving us a great confidence that it will be, a, uh, I mean, the launch of the Sally Warrior will be a transformational event for Absence because we'll move from a single product company that we sell directly to the hospital to having a second product in our bag. So this will, uh, will make us more relevant for our customers, more relevant for doctors, more relevant for GPOs, and it will help us also to make our sales force uh, much more efficient. Great. Thanks, Louis. Nicole. I'll indulge just one quick follow-up question. Um, in terms of when you get to that commercial stage, do you anticipate running any additional clinical studies to illustrate the benefits of Savvy Wire over uh, standard of care? And if so, do you have any sense of what, you know, what those trials are, may cost? Uh, the, the answer is absolutely yes. We have not uh, finalized uh, yet our, our clinical plan. Once we will do this, we'll, we'll share this in, in greater detail uh, with, with the, the financial market. But for sure, I mean, uh, right now we, we are gathering all the learning that we get from the first in man. We are having multiple discussions with uh, uh, key opinion leaders in the field because uh, here, I mean, it's completely different than when we came with the OptoWire. So the OptoWire is, uh, under our, our opinion, the best product in the market, uh, achieving, let's say, similar functions and competitors, while in the case of the SaviWire, we are coming with a completely new concept. So uh, there is uh, opportunities to do uh, clinical work that will really make more uh, tangible uh, the benefits, the, the potential benefits that we could have uh, for doctors, uh, patients, and hospitals. So uh, what would be the amount of this? Uh, we are uh, certainly talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, probably in the range of uh, uh, 3 to $5 million that would be stand, spent uh, once the, the product is commercialized. But again, uh, this, uh, this decision has not been made. And, and it will be uh, influenced by the, the feedback that we get from the uh, most influential doctors in the uh, TAVR field. Great. Uh, thanks, uh, Louis Robin, for taking our questions. Congratulations again on, on the strong year, and uh, we'll get back in the queue. Thank you very much, Raul. Our next question comes from Justin Keywood with JMP, GMP Securities. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Just a question on the OptiWire. There's uh, comments in your opening remarks that there was uh, less procedures uh, in the quarter due to the variants and the spread of uh, COVID-19. 
And I know there's a, a large backlog of procedures that still need to be done. So is the way to look at the uh, quarter and, and the lower growth as just a temporary blip uh, just due to the, the spread and the increased cases uh, to what, you know, has been, you know, pretty good uh, growth uh, resuming, you know, coming out of the early days of the pandemic? And if that's true, should we see uh, the current quarter we're in uh, having a rebound uh, to, uh, you know, what the rates were uh, subsequent to the results? Uh, I, I mean, the, uh, the for, for sure, uh, you know, the uh, we we are expecting to see a certain rebound uh, in Q1 2021. Sorry, Q1 2022. So I'm talking about the period from September 1st 2021 to uh, November 30 2021. Uh, so. Uh, the, the street uh, should expect some growth. This being said, there would still be uh, a certain impact uh, uh, from COVID. So we, we don't expect uh, Q1 to be uh, what we would see a, a more uh, normal quarter. This being, this being said, when we are looking for the, the fiscal year 2022, uh, we expect to record uh, to, ex to record. Uh, good growth and, and uh, obviously uh, uh, stronger growth than what we've seen in in, uh, in Q4 2021. Okay, that's helpful context. And for that outlook, would that include material traction with the recent GPOs that were signed, or or does that take a, a little while to uh, penetrate those relationships? I mean, no. The, the, there would be a, a positive impact uh, from the, the relationships that we built uh, with uh, a group purchasing organization, uh, and this will be combined also with, uh, I mean, a, a broader team to really capitalize on, on the benefits of the afterwater. Because uh, I mean, coming back from uh, from TCT uh, this year, again, we uh, we got. Uh, very good interest around the afterwater, so um, Absence is, is, is putting in place the right thing to uh, to be able to uh, reach uh, more physicians that uh, that would benefit from uh, having the afterwater in their hands. Okay, thank you. And then I just had a couple of questions on uh, the Savvy Wire. Just uh, to clarify, the Health Canada submission could come next week uh, in conjunction with uh, data around the trial being disclosed, is that correct? Uh, well, regarding the, the filing for Air Canada and, uh, and the FDA, yes, we expect to complete this uh, next week. Uh, regarding data, uh, I'm, I mean, I don't expect Options to release uh, any any specific data on this study that was mostly a safety study. If you want to look at some interesting data around the savvy wire, you can refer to two presentations that were made at TCT this year by Dr. Philippe Genereux from Morristown regarding the interest of the pressure measurement that we are going to provide with the savvy wire. And, and once we get uh, the approval on the product, we'll, we'll do, uh, as I mentioned in, in the, the first uh, set of questions, we'll do uh, multiple uh, clinical studies to 
uh, further uh, demonstrate the value proposition of the savvy wire. Okay. Just on the endpoints you mentioned uh, earlier in the call, uh, you know, that the savvy wire does have the ability to do the rapid pacing and successfully delivering the valve. I assume if there's the submission to the FDA and, and Health Canada next week that those endpoints would be met, uh, if I'm reading that correctly. That's, uh, that's our understanding. Uh, Absent has been attending to uh, all cases uh, performed during this first and month study. Uh, so that's our, uh, our, our uh, opinion on the subject. Uh, as I mentioned, we have not received the official report yet from the uh, principal investigator, but uh, we are confident that uh, all uh, endpoints have been met. Okay, great. Well, we'll look forward to those developments, and thank you for taking my questions. Thank you, uh, Justin. Once again, if you have a question, please press star, then 1. Our next question comes from Brian Gagnon with Gagnon Securities. Good morning, Louie. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you. Um, you've had some recent changes in your sales force, and I know you said on the call that you were planning to, inc to double the size of the sales force. Can you give us a little more idea as to how the sales force is going to be expanding in the U.S. and what particular markets they're going to be going into? Uh, I mean, if you recall, when uh, when COVID uh, first hit, uh, uh, Opsons uh, adjusted uh, its sales organization to do more uh, more work at distance and reaching out to doctors uh, using uh, technology. Uh, now that uh, I mean, we we are hoping that this uh, this period will uh, somehow uh, evolve to a more uh, normal situation. Uh, th there is various markets where uh, absence is not uh, uh, actively present, uh, and, and I mean those markets are uh, in different states in, in U.S. So uh, we will uh, will expand the sales force with. Uh, a geographical approach uh, driven by by data that PCI number and so on so uh, uh, also I mean as I mentioned we feel uh, we we are building right now uh, a stronger uh, broader organization with uh, new leadership in, in sales and, and we are confident that uh, the uh, early uh, positive results that we are seeing will also be uh, translated into a stronger growth for the fiscal year 2022. Great. Um, how do you guys think about sales productivity? Are there specific metrics that you guys are using? Uh, do you have quotas installed at this point? What's the, what's the overall thought process for sales productivity for the company? Uh, it, it's certainly, uh, I mean, I mean, sales per, uh, per territory manager is a key indicator for us. And even, uh, I mean, when we compare to uh, figures that we got before, uh, in, in, in the last uh, year, the, the productivity, productivity from our uh, salespeople uh, doubled, more than doubled. So uh, we see still the opportunity to do, uh, to do better. In addition, we think that once we will add a second product uh, like the Savvy Wire to our portfolio, 
will be able to sell uh, this product to the same customer than, than what we have today. So again, this will be another uh, enhancement on, on the uh, uh, productivity that we get from our uh, sales representative. So I would say high level key indicators are uh, sales uh, per person and uh, you know with uh, with certain uh, clear targets to to bring those territory manager to profitability because once we do this it's allowing us to add more people excellent last question for me during the trial and I know it's only 20 patients uh, and congrats on hitting the endpoints um, did you see any time savings and not necessarily overall but did as the docs were using it you know, the first case always takes longer by the time they were progressing and getting more comfortable using it did, did the doctors see any real time savings by using the savvy wire versus the traditional methods uh, interesting Anything question anecdotal would be fine yeah well uh, Brian we we saw uh, an improvement let's say from patient number one to patient number 20 uh, under the uh, the protocol that we were running for the first in-man. Uh, the protocol that we were running was not exactly, let's say, the, the standard of care that we will have in a normal procedure down the road. But certainly, I mean, we when we think about the value proposition of the savvy wire, the fact that we can eliminate some steps, uh, that we can eliminate some insertion, I'll just take the example of the rapid tasting, this is... Uh, potential direct time savings. So uh, in summary, what I would say after seeing the 20 patients, our confidence that the, uh, the time savings will be uh, relevant for our customers increase over those 20, 20 patients. Terrific. Thank you. Look forward to that. Thank you, Ryan. This concludes our question and answer session. I'd like to turn the call back over to management for some closing remarks. Okay, well, uh, again, I want uh, to thank everybody that uh, uh, attended uh, this, uh, this conference call. Uh, Absence is uh, incredibly excited about its future, uh, both with, uh, with the OptoWire, the Savvy Warrior, but also uh, the OEM business that we have with uh, customers that are growing also with the industrial business that is going to, uh, to transform the world uh, regarding the fuel monitoring uh, for uh, aerospace. So in summary, uh, I want to, uh, to thank all the, the, the support from the shareholders. I also want all, to thank all the employees that are devoting uh, great efforts to develop great products uh, to meet uh, the need of the market. And with that, uh, I wish you a happy Thanksgiving to all of our uh, American uh, listeners. The conference is now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.